I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I've... I think you're a great guy. I don't affirm people enough. And I'm Av Sinensky, and there is no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, and at least for this week, a rehearsal podcast. We are the here rehearsal. to the rehearsal, the rehearsal, excuse me, not a rehearsal, but the rehearsal. We no, are... it's a the rehearsal podcast. Yes, we are a podcast for the rehearsal and in particular for the series premiere season one, episode one, Orange Juice, No Pulp, which originally aired on Friday night, July 15th, 2022 at 11 p.m. And I've, um, I saw this Saturday night. I immediately messaged you. I said, do you want to discuss it all or save it for the podcast? And you said, save it for the podcast. I did. I did. Um, I, yeah, why, yeah, why waste our takes? You know, let's mm. uh, hold them off for, you know, do it live, as they say. Well, I think because you may have wanted to be emotionally prepared because I'm going to be the fucking asshole of this episode because uh, I, I don't think my takes would be very popular uh, with you, with the listeners, with anyone who's a fan of the show. So, <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just... My issue is this, and I, and I, you know, I think I made reference to this on the podcast last week and, and on the 30 Fans podcast after that. Like, I was very apprehensive about doing this. I just think in order to podcast about a show, I, I, I think it needs certain characteristics that this show just doesn't have. So, so either it's very, very funny or it has lots of famous guest stars who can lead, which can lead to like tangents about their careers or, or like it's part of a larger narrative or story like, you know, Game of Thrones or Better Call Saul where, you know, you can sort of like investigate the overall world that the show has created or the show's a part of. Um, And by the way, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing now, like, Bored to Death would not have been a good podcast show for these reasons. And I I do think that show is very, very, very funny, but it doesn't check any of those other boxes. Nathan, for you, you know, the predecessor to the rehearsal, a show I really liked, it checks zero of the boxes that I just mentioned, I think. And I think that's true for the rehearsal. I, I, I honestly don't know how to sustain a podcast about it. Um, so, you know, tell me if you feel differently or I assume you do. Um, well, I mean, those are different questions. I will say that I very, very much enjoyed this. It was moved by it, was touched by it. Um, I do have some concerns about the future of the show, which, uh, I can get into later. Um, but you know, as a, you know, 40 minute TV experience, I thought this was incredibly compelling. Now, does that translate into, a quality podcast. I mean, I think it depends. I think it can. Um, I think there's like what to talk about here. I think there's things to, to discuss. I think there's things to flesh out. I think there's things to relate to. Whether or not um, we both feel that way, I guess, is an open question. And whether or not that's something you want to do over the course of six weeks, um, I guess, also just kind of depends on where the show goes. And you know, there there was some information about future episode or episodes in some of the reviews. You know, a lot of the critics have seen the first five episodes, so I believe there is a bit more of a serialized storyline to a good portion of the rest of the season. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I said, you know, I, I really love this episode just as like an episode of TV in a vacuum um, building on 
um, Nathan for you, which I really love that I think, you know, has a lot of that, those same themes and same, you know, tools that it uses. It reminded me of a ton of other stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, various, uh, movies or other shows or stuff that this kind of, uh, makes reference to, or that it reminds us of. Um, so I think there is stuff there to talk about, but I mean, at the end of the day, if like, you're not into it, then you're not into it. Like, that's like, there could be a podcast about the show, in my opinion. It doesn't mean that we should do a podcast about it if 50% of the hosts aren't, uh, compelled to do so so that's you know obviously um subjective to these two people yeah you know you made reference to a serialized storyline and i've been thinking um since i saw this episode i also listened to uh, unrelated just by coincidence two podcast episodes starring andy daly um and i always used to sort of pair nathan for you and review the two shows that were on at the same time that were somewhat similar i thought but also different obviously um, review was totally fictional like you know everybody it was not at all a reality show um, and at the time my my other podcast co-host um, Akiva was was definitely a uh, you know a, a stand for review and for Andy Daly and I was on the other side and I definitely prefer Nathan for you and you know by extension Nathan Fielder and, and I think I'm, I've sort of flip-flopped on that um, I just you know I think like Andy Daly and, and, and the reason I thought of this right now as you mentioned is because review which starts, which each episode being sort of standalone in a similar way to uh, Nathan for you uh, uh-huh. or the rehearsal or how to with John Wilson um, really develops a strong uh, serial narrative. The story of the Andy Daly character of his personal life really becomes like a thing that, that you sort you sort of don't notice at first until it's grown on you. And so it will be interesting to see how much that happens here with rehearsal or if we right. are in sort of a totally new world every week. Um you know, yeah, I mean, I, I think just to hone in on one thing you think you said, like this does feel to me like it has the potential that, as you just said, like how to with John Wilson had where I also like it took me a few episodes to understand like how to watch the show and to like actually like appreciate what he's doing. And so like as a result, like I really didn't like the first couple episodes and then I love the remaining episodes. And like I don't know if it's like those episodes were any better. Uh, maybe some of them were, some of them weren't. But it was also an element of like the first episode or two. I just like didn't understand what I was watching or how to watch it. Um, and I very much see a lot of people having that experience with the rehearsal where, um, you know, season one, episode one is just like super weird and, you know, off kilter and you like don't know what to make of it. But if you stick with it, uh, it might start to all, you know, click together more for some people um, is what I would expect. But obviously no guarantees here on pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. I think high maintenance and other show taking place in New York is somewhat similar where, uh, initially, each episode is sort of a standalone, uh, sort of different world we're plopped into, but then you see a, sort of a, a consistent uh, storyline emerge over the years. Right. Although that's a show you liked less, I think, as time went on also, right? As it became more I, serialized. Yeah, I said before, I loved the uh, web series. I did not love the HBO series. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I just, I hate to say this again. Like, I know, like, people are, are, are really jazzed for the rehearsal and are tuning into this podcast because they want to, you know, they're excited and they want to hear people who are excited about the thing they're excited about, be excited about it. And, and I acknowledge I'm not doing that. Um, but like, I, I, I honestly, I feel kind of depressed watching this. Um, and like, I wasn't excited at all to podcast about it. Uh-huh. It's just, wait, so then why did you immediately, I, I assume from your reaction that you loved it. Like the fact that you like watched it and immediately said, you want to talk about it right now. I just, I inferred from that. Oh, like, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm excited to hear Alex's takes. I bet like he like really loved this show. And, well, I just like, felt like, because, well, okay, let me be very clear. And I said this last weekend uh, and I definitely like, I'm absolutely going to watch every episode and there's <laughs> nothing that would prevent me from doing so. 
Uh-huh. So it, it, even if you if, even if the the second, third, and fourth episodes are you know increasingly worse than your opinion, you'll you're gonna power through no matter what. Well, I mean, I said it depressed me. I didn't want to podcast about it. It doesn't mean I disliked it per se, right? I still liked it. I appreciated right. it. It's just right. it's a okay. different it's a different type of viewing experience. I think, and I think I came into this a little bit like, and again, I think I made reference to this or hinted at it the last podcast, like. I think that New York magazine profile really swayed me, unfortunately, about Nathan Fielder. Like, you know, I was thinking a lot about like what he does and what Sasha Baron Cohen does. And like, you know, it's one thing when the person is famous or if they're not famous or at least if they're like a bad person, if they're like, you know, a a Nazi or a Klansman or whatever. But like taking advantage of regular people and making them look foolish, it it kind of makes me uncomfortable. And like, like, who's the fucking asshole? Like, it's kind of Nathan Fielder. And he makes reference that and jokes about that. But like. I don't know. He kind of is. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, I mean, kind of has always been the thing with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as well, right? Like, he does a lot of that. Sure. But first um, of all, he started with rich people and famous people and celebrities and political, power, like, powerful figures. And I think as, as, um, as, uh, what's his name? As Ali G. Borat no, it, was, but, o- was often. No, no, no. Borat you know, was like that also. But the problem yeah. was that, it, well, right. I mean, certainly by the time he got to America or he came to America because he was too famous in, in England to get away with it anymore. Okay. Um, but like by the time he got to America also, like he became more and more famous. So he had to go for like lower and lower, you know, hanging fruit. And again, like if they're regular people and you're taking advantage of them, but like they are bad people, it's like the people in the rehearsal, the people in Nathan for you is like, like are, are like are like struggling, usually often immigrants, like, you know, working class people trying to get ahead um, and they know what they're doing. Look, if you see their face, that means that they've like agreed to be on the show and like, you right. Know. I mean, they've yeah. everyone who's on the show presumably has, you know, signed an NDA and signed a thing and, you know, like has agreed to appear. Like, no, it's like, usually under false pretenses. They don't know what it's about. You know, they don't, you know, very right. similar to Sasha Baron Cohen also. Again, he's taking advantage of like worse people, I feel like usually. Um, I don't know. But my other issue is like the stakes are so idiotically low. And like, I get so, that that's the joke. Well, so I so I agree with criticism. I'm not sure I agree with the defense. Um, I agree that, you know, I, I very much felt like if this is going to be six episodes of, you know, different versions of this, like there's someone has a problem and he does this whole elaborate thing. Um, I said, like, you know, this better be like the smallest problem that somebody has, because otherwise, you know, I'm not going to be you know, remain too invested. In it. I, mean, I still love this episode as just like a one off thing. But if there's like five more of this exact formula, um, you know, I, yeah. yeah, that would get repetitive unless like the scenarios become like incredibly compelling, because this one I completely agree. Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> like, why is this a thing that you're worried about? And like the whole thing to when you really like zoom, zoom, zoomed out a little bit, it did feel like a farce at times because like at, at any point, Nathan Fielder should have just been like, dude, like no one's going to care about this. Like they've been yeah. your friend for 10 years. They don't care if you have a master's degree. Yeah. Um, but I do get that, like, sometimes that's how people are. We're like, you know, they've just become harped on something that, you know, is not as big of a deal as they think it is. But just like the more that time passes and the more it gnaws at them, it, you know, they just build it up. So it's not something that people wouldn't do. Um, but I just feel like the people coaching him along <laughs> this process might have mentioned, dude, this is really not a big deal. Like, it's fine. What is the thing that I would have to tell you on this podcast? like that I had lied about in the past and come clean and nothing to do with you, but it's not something that I did to you or about you or related to you. Independent of that, what would it be that I would have to say that would lead you to, uh, to cut off the podcast and the relationship? So, but not like something you did. It's not like you murdered someone. It's that you, it's something for piece of information that you had told me was fit was false. Something I told you was a lie. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> like, why would I even, why would I care? Yeah. Like, I'm, yeah. Like I'm trying, like, 
I mean, if I told you I had murdered someone in the past. <laughs> right. Oh, remember that time you asked me, have you ever murdered someone? And I, I, said, I said, no. <laughs> Actually, yes. I've murdered 44 people. 44? Yeah, you're okay, so if color. I only murdered 43, you'd be okay with it. 44 is the cutoff for you. No, no, that was just that's what the, what your confession was. Is oh, that you're okay. telling me that you've actually murdered forty four? Yeah, and at that point, yeah. you're like, you know what? I can't podcast with you anymore. Yeah, I don't think I should. Yeah. <laughs> Although you might murder me if I yeah. break a podcast. So I'll, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'll get this. Sure. Uh, tried carefully. Yeah. Um, we are supposed to have a guest tonight. Um, who uh, unfortunately had to back out uh, late. Uh, although you know they did they they did tell us ahead of time that there was a chance they might so it was not a 100% firm commitment but they told us that they have actually been to the bar that was recreated um on this episode oh wow and and if that's your your was that a, like acting a oh, wow or did you no that's that? funny i i've no, i oh, they did tell us that in the chat yeah. that we're both at. Oh, okay. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, you missed that. Um, And like, listen, if that's the case, then the show takes jumps to a whole nother level because like the show does invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into like the smallest thing. Like, again, that is the joke. And it is incredible. You know, again, if they do it six times in a row, it might not be, you know, as good every time. But like, it is really cool that they do that. Um, You know, but but again, at the other hand, like the people involved are real people who are like being manipulated for my entertainment and Nathan Fielder's enrichment. And I just yeah, like Trish seems absolutely unbearable and she agreed to be on the show right we see her so we know she did but like you have to feel bad like this is not good pr for trish right um yeah she actually put out a uh oh, a statement okay. i saw okay. uh, on the cheap chick in the city blog okay she wrote hi welcome new followers and visitors i've been receiving lots of comments and queries lately due to the rehearsal starring nathan fielder to answer some questions i received yes my real name is trisha and i was on the pilot episode of nathan fielder's rehearsal i am a real person as is core i am a trivia player and have been friends with core for years and we continue to play trivia to this day i have watched the rehearsal and enjoyed it unfortunately i cannot share my personal experiences or give any interviews because i signed an nda thank you for all the kudos regarding my appearance on the rehearsal much appreciated thank you the chief chick is also very low on funds right now so any financial help would be appreciated if you want to support this website you can vend the money to her and uh yeah so if you want to send money to trish trish the dish okay uh, that's she, good that's good to hear but that first send money to us we we asked for money last week <laughs> and nobody sent us money um so like if don't send us it's fine you don't send us money but like don't send money to trish if you're not also sending to us because like I mean, if you like trish more then you should i guess but like we should get like a a finder's fee? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I wonder now, has he uh, issued any statements? Core? The real-life core. Let yeah. me see. Core. Uh, that's good uh, plan research comes coming here from off. Yeah, I saw it on, uh, what's it called, on Reddit. Now, can we, um, so you're deep in the, okay, now, um, let, can we talk, I mean, can we jump all the way to the end of the episode for a second? Sure. Okay, so the end of the episode, like, I get what it's saying. Like, Nathan is afraid to do what he was pushing right. core to do all along. But, like, that's not really true because, like, the show's on TV. So, core sees it now also. Which I guess leads right. more into my question of, like, did, does Corey, has he issued a real state, any kind of statement or anything uh, since the show came out? Let me see. Um... And I'm sure if it was, it'd only be positive because, I mean, his experience is just, like, the only one who really looks bad is Trisha, honestly. Trish, the dish, sorry. Right. Um, except, like, his, his the fake core's response is like, I wouldn't put that past real core. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I think the fake core's response oh, sorry, is... Maybe it's a bit overstated. Uh, but... There's no way core is doing that. Come on. <laughs> right, that's true. He's a pretty big the, whip. The worst case scenario is he's like, oh, man, like, you know, I told you right. I won't cheat in, you know, in trivia, and you sort of compromise that, and, you know, 
Right. But like, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's gonna like you don't have a belt out over it. Again, like core is along for the ride more than anybody else. At that point, he's like, he's all in, right? Um, yeah. Like, like yeah, the no. moment when they tell you we sent fake gas people to your apartment to see like Yeah, he's way too nonchalant about yeah. that. He's like, Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Like, yeah. I'm like, are you are you insane? What yeah. what did you do? <laughs> um yeah, the other the other thing that I you know, I, I would say I, I it bothered me so much in this episode, but it concerned me about going forward. And may, maybe this will be something the show addresses. And, you know, as I said, for like one episode, just like see them pull this off was like super cool, even if it like it felt dumb in certain ways. But like the whole concept here of like the rehearsing for this event and going through all the you know different scenarios to me, the like the recreation of the physical space, like does not seem like nearly as important as the premise of this show seems to suggest and maybe i'm off base there but you know like going into this meeting i felt like he basically had almost not rehearsed for this because like the main variable is like how a single person named trisha is going to respond not like all the different scenarios that like fake trisha was able to come up with like and true she met her briefly and maybe she had some insight into that but like this is just like such a random like roll of the dice where like what one how one person is going to respond yes, of course and then yeah. like 99 percent of what you practice is irrelevant um and like it doesn't matter that like you did it in the booth that like you're going to sit in that has like and like the you know the the chairs across the way have the same rips like yeah like it's yes. like it, it might help to like like go but to the bar listen, together you're, once you're and, like, the walk through. You, just, you just have to accept the premise right the stick right, in the I show guess. is that they went into the rips of the couch. Not yes, of course. Right, but I, but my, but my point is, if it's you know five more episodes of just like the exact yes. same thing, just different oh, setups. I obviously agree with you. I think that's like you know not going to be an enjoyable show. But I suspect that's not where this is going. I expect it'll get increasingly meta. Um, you know, become more about Nathan than anybody else. Um, I think that, you know ending the episode on that note, I think certainly points to you know obviously he's the main character of the series, but like I think in more of a way than even he was in Nathan for you. Yeah. Um, well, but, I think he was more personal even in this episode of rehearsal than he was in Nathan for you. Right. Right. In, in Nathan for you, he's much. I mean, more like he talks involved. about his divorce, which like in that New York profile I read is like something he barely wants to acknowledge. He acknowledges it in the world of the show. Right, except he doesn't want to talk about it, so he hires an old man. To swim <laughs> yeah, up next to sure, but it's still, you know, it's an acknowledgement of reality. Yeah, one um, of my favorite things that on Nathan for you and that we already see here in, in episode one is like the hustles within the hustle, where it's like he's doing this big thing, but then it's like to also to like do like steps two, six, and nine, he has to run like a side hustle, like just to like acquire the rights to something so that he can do the thing, yeah. and like those are always just like zany too, and like I don't like you know they fake blogs here, and like oh I have to create a fake thing to make to you know get a fake interview with the woman of the bird watching like well to your point isn't that why the best part of this episode i thought was him surreptitiously giving the answers to all the (laughs) trivia that was great right like the breakout star of this episode is the cop right who uh curses the chinese for fencing (laughs) gunpowder yes it stays like these i say that's what i say every time there's a mass shooting yeah and and like the circumstances that arise you know and by the way core just walks by he's like oh yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> this is a normal thing that happens in my neighborhood. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I have a friend who complains about how New York City is going down the tubes. I mean, maybe he's right. If uh, Core's rather nonchalant about this occurrence. Yeah. Um, Alex, do you own in your home? Um, I see some books in the background, maybe um, the book, How to Make Love All Night and Drive a Woman Wild. Mm-hmm. Of course. Best it, is. Okay. Yeah. it is a bestseller. Yeah. You can buy it Swedish on Amazon right now. Penis and Larger Than Me. It is my bag, baby. 
by Austin Powers. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, you can get the paperback for fourteen ninety nine uh, or used for $2.03. <laughs> I mean, I, I only buy books used, generally speaking. This is one I may not buy. <laughs> yeah, you might want to get a fresh one here. <laughs> Um, I, I had a friend. Um, he was actually my concert camp in uh, 1998. Who um, a picture of him went viral on the subway in like 2011. He was reading a book, uh, the title of which was "How to Pick Up Girls on the Subway," <laughs> and he was reading it on the subway, and it went viral um, as if he was like unself-aware. I mean, obviously he was extremely aware. Like you know, he's not an idiot. Like you don't you don't right. purchase that book. <laughs> open that book on the subway and hold it up so people can see it unless, you know, right. Uh, that, you're you're that's, into the shtick. That's the device itself to pick up girls. Yes, but it probably know. works. And um, actually, I'll, to, to, uh, to uh, correct myself, it probably works if he's good looking. It probably doesn't work if he's not. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't even know if I meant like works in that sense. It works in, well, I guess going viral has its own. Right. It has uh, its own merits. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. For whatever it's worth, he's a, he's still a single man. So ladies, if you want a man who's reading those books, uh, let me know. The I thought the worst thing he does in this episode is probably the, the whole storyline where he sends fake Trish to meet Trish. Like the poor woman thinks that she got a real work. Like, <laughs> well, she did get paid though, I assume, right? Okay, but whatever. She's like a writer. She like thinks she's like writing a real article. Now she finds out that like she wrote nonsense for a fake blog. So that way, <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, let us say hypothetically that it's a real interview. It's a real world person, right? This stranger meets up with Trish. And at least according to the narrative as we're describing Nathan, she doesn't stop talking for half an hour. She's unbearable. <laughs> so this real life person would want nothing to do with her anyway. I guess. Yeah. So I don't think Trish lost anything. She otherwise would have gained. There was just a um... Tr- Trish's bl- blog and is, get- is getting more attention now than it would have been otherwise. Fair. That's true. Um, there was a um, a news item the last couple of weeks in the like you know legal uh, news world about this in house counsel who like figured out a way to bilk his. Uh, his company but by creating and like manufacturing fake uh eoc claims and then he created like a fake law firm that he was paying to handle them he was like doing like three or four of these for like years until he finally got caught it's very smart <laughs> he probably had nathan for you coaching him yes um, so here's what we do we manufacture a fake eoc claim that we create that we incorporate a law firm <laughs> like, we created, like he created a website like he put people on like he made it look like a whole thing yeah and then you'll be like oh we got this claim but don't worry the lawyers are handling i got them to sell it for forty thousand, and like they're we you know we're paying them twelve thousand. here good it, it, it does remind me who was the um i think we had a teacher in high school who made a comment once about if like if certain kids put as much energy into studying as they did into like their cheating schemes they would uh do better anyway um yeah maybe was that yeah. was that a lubetsky somebody yeah, said be. that to us yeah um but yeah i guess that wasn't as fun i don't know i was never uh i was never a cheater in high school you didn't not cheat um i don't think so i mean when i say never cheat on a test no i didn't but i didn't as like a matter of course cheat on tests yeah i feel like i uh i feel like i was uh constantly giving answers to a couple of certain specific people so all right <laughs> well i wish those people well i'm sure they they're, they're yeah. doing just fine well, well one of them um he um we took the sats together and uh-huh. um we were the only two boys taking it in this far-flung location and um when we got there they sat us like an opposite ends of the room 
and the 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 proctor said who was a teacher at the girls school where all the other uh, people there were a student of except for the two of us said i'm putting you on opposite ends of the room so you can't cheat and i like gave this vociferous protest about how sexist she was and how offensive it was that knowing nothing about us she assumed uh, just because we were the only two boys there that we would be cheating with each other and then um as soon as i finished my soliloquy she said well you're sitting there anyways and he came up and whispered he's like well this would be a real problem how are we gonna cheat <laughs> I was like, what's wrong with you? I just gave a speech. Um, so apparently she was right. All right. Yeah. So sometimes discrimination is right. I guess so. Um, all right. So what else, what else do we have to talk about? See, um, I was also hoping this guest would be on because I thought the two of you would, would uh, gab about the episode and I would just chime in from time to time. Right. Fair enough. Uh, well, so it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, he's like this guy, Core. I mean, he's not great. His hair changes uh, over the episode. Does it? I didn't notice that. Um, I feel like in the first scene, he only has hair in like sort of the front part of his head. And then yeah. later on, I don't know if it's a Carlos Boozy situation or what, but he, yeah, he also has this thing where like his line that he's using to like lead off this conversation that like, again, that nobody corrects him on. It's like, mm, maybe you want to go to a different direction is my educational situation is a fraud. <laughs> yeah. He really it's it's like it's a very Larry David esque. Like he makes a small thing into a huge thing. Yeah, right. Like, like you, why do you start with like, listen, there's something I want to tell you. Like, it's not the biggest deal, and like, yeah. you know, and like, I didn't mean it. I kind of just like blurted it out, but like, and then she'd be like, you like, you want to downplay this? <laughs> like, my educational situation is a fraud. And then like, even in the practice sessions, when like fake Trish like wants to like ask follow up questions, he's like, I want to move forward. I don't want to discuss this at all. <laughs> like, what? You can't like act like this is a big deal, but then also like not expect to be answer any questions from the person who's upset about it. If you think she's going to be upset, which she shouldn't be and wouldn't be, and you're crazy for thinking that anyone would be. So um, that whole thing is a little much. Um, then there's the whole thing where, like, it becomes apparent, like, three quarters of the way through that, like, he cares much more about doing well in trivia. And he's going to just, like, get distracted by the trivia instead of, you know, focusing on the confession. And he even drops in that, like... If, like, the trivia's not going well and I can't focus on trivia, I'm just going to skip the whole confession thing and focus on the trivia, which begs the question, why, like, you're the one who said, like, let's have this meeting at trivia. Like, you could have just, like, gotten coffee so that you wouldn't be distracted. Like, you arranged the venue. No, they they must, uh, every time they meet, it must be over a trivia game. Like if that if like I yeah. if I had a serious conversation that I wanted to talk to somebody to, I wouldn't be like, oh, like let's go to like a football game together and talk about it. Like that's not gonna be a conducive environment. Like so if you I, know yeah. that like, oh, I'm gonna be like too into the trivia to have a real conversation, then like what the hell are you doing? Have I told you um the story before about um the time I went to a one on one dinner with one of our friends from high school at La Mare? Um, I don't think so. Maybe okay. it sounds uh, a little familiar. When but... I was in high school, uh, a friend of ours uh, decided to take me out, just the two of us, one night, uh, late in twelfth grade, to a um, to like the certainly the fanciest restaurant I've ever been to at the time of my life. Like I was a high school right. kid. When am I going yeah, to yeah. no, I'm already very fancy. Yeah, when, and, and, and and he's paying for my meal, and I'm like, what what is happening here? And he told me that he has a confession to make to me. Wow. And and honestly, to be completely sincere, like just going back to seventeen year old acts, I thought he was he was gonna tell me like he was coming out, and I felt like so honored that he was like. You know, <laughs> taking me to dinner to tell me, especially like in high school, in our high school, that was not a common thing that happened. How how um, lovely and narcissistic of you to make somebody else's fake coming out story about you. Yeah. Um, no, but his coming out story was, uh, you know, the, the night, the night uh, we reached the dinner, like the climax of the night. And he said to me, Alex, I need to tell you a secret. Uh, something I've been keeping inside me for a long time. I smoke weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I swear to God. Oh, I and think I, I know who this is. I think I remember I was like, story. I was like, what? I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you take me out on a date to tell me this? Wow, 
Why did you even waste one minute of the day to tell me this? <laughs> it's insane. He's like, well, I thought you would judge me because I was always against it. And I said, it wasn't a good thing to do. And I'm like, I turns out it's a great thing to do. I was, it was just so confusing to me and disappointing because I thought it was going to be an emotional moment. I'm like, I'm like, why would I possibly give a shit? Which is kind of like I'm watching this. Episode. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I should, um, remind, I should remind him about that, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, subsequent to that, we engage in that activity together. So, um, very, very strange. Yeah. Yeah. A- um, with respect to cheating, as we discussed before, Nathan's uh, not Nathan. Oh yeah, Nathan. Yeah, his name is real name is Nathan. Um, Nathan's uh, you know, moral quandary is that you know, on the one hand, cheating would be unethical, but on the other hand, maybe it's more unethical to leave <laughs> things to chance if there's something you could have done to change the outcome. <laughs> a true mantra for all, every cheater out there, I'm sure. Yes. Um, listen, you can always justify whatever. You yeah. Um, yeah. More like weird stuff from Core when, like, his like again, like his like uh, opening line to Trish. First, he's like Trish the dish, <laughs> and then she sits down, and he's like, he like pushes over a like, a rum and coke or whatever it is, and he's like, I decided to get you a little buzz. Like that's very creepy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To say to someone, oh, I hear I'm getting you drunk. Yeah, Core. I think that the problem with with like the constant <laughs> rehearsal of the scenario is it sort of has desensitized Core because I think Core is a good person, but he's just because he's gone through all these millions of like a te- or hundreds or dozens or whatever it is like of, of like samples like nothing means anything to him anymore like when he right. goes up to that when he goes up to that that, that that couple who's sitting at the table and he's like my grandmother just died of cancer <laughs> and the guy's like yeah mine too same yeah what are the odds? no empathy whatsoever <laughs> it's just like okay get the fuck out of here i just sit down like and, and I, I you know i would like to think that that's not who core is but he's been so like desensitized to like the whole thing um slight consequence i guess of, yeah, uh, engaging in, in this kind of a uh, rehearsal. Yeah, um, I love when he's like, he's like getting the pizza in the middle of the confession. Like, he's like, hey, there's nothing I need to tell you. And she's like, what? He's like, one second, our pizza's ready. <laughs> yeah, listen, he, he's uh, you gotta follow the rehearsal. Um, I also loved when he's talking about the presidents and like the twins, and he's like, none of them even had twins, not even stillborn <laughs> twins. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was uh, uh yeah. Uh-huh. Is that information available? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, and none of them had twins. Oh, yeah? What about stillborn twins, huh? Nope, none of those either. Well, like, that's was, what, yeah, exactly. Who's exactly. coming with that question? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would like to know how we would know about the uh, the history of pregnancies among former first ladies before they became first ladies. Um. Right, or even after they became first ladies. Like, I'm sure there were... T- you know, tons yeah. of stuff that happened in the White House that was not made public. Yeah, I read. Uh, um, did you ever read Curtis Sittenfeld's American Wife? Uh, nope. So it's a um, it's a it's a novel. It's like a fictionalized version of Laura Bush's life. Okay. Um, and parts of it are true. You know, Laura Bush got in a car accident when she was sixteen, and like the other person who she hit, like was a classmate of hers, a male classmate of hers who she right, killed. right. Family guy, Family Guy had a whole bit making fun of her for that for some yeah. reason. Um. So in in this novel. It's also that she like her and the guy like were crushes with each other, and then tonight was the night they were gonna like constant. I mean, not con- like kiss or like get to start dating or whatever. Right. Um, but then also, uh, not not true to Laura Bush as far as we know. Um, she ends up sleeping with the the dead guy's older brother who impregnates her, and she goes and gets an abortion. But she keeps this all secret because she's like you know you know George W. Bush's uh, wife, right. and she has to be pro life. Um, but like I have a difficult time sort of like ever after having read that book, separating like that life from Laura Bush's real life. Yeah, which is probably kind of the point of people who do stuff like that, right? 
I mean, I remember reading, listening to interviews with her where she stressed that, no, this is a fictionalized version. I'm not implying anything's happened to Laura Bush. But like, but like, yeah. <laughs> the jury shall disregard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so very similar here. Hard, hard to know exactly, uh, you know, uh, what's happening to who and what to believe. Um, so, I mean, should we talk about next week's episode? We, we did see a next week on a little bit. We got a clue that. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't even see that. Oh, OK. Do you want to watch it on the podcast or um, we can? Before we do that, I have a couple trivia questions for you. OK. What is the number of the roof on the bus and speed? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that when they said that. And then that was not one of the ones that they showed the answer to. So I don't I have no idea. Twenty five. Twenty five. OK. I've and... never seen I've never seen any of the speeds. Wasn't that discussed oh. when I came on the Renap? Uh, um, it could be. It could be. Yeah. it could be. I'm a little bit behind on Renap. Um, I I did hear that, so I still that's not an that's not an explanation for not yeah. knowing that. I just don't remember some random thing you said yeah. on a podcast six weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, my other trivia question for you is: Who hosted Wheel of Fortune before Pat Sajak? Mm. Um, another one that I didn't, but I feel like I could get one of the people. It's it's definitely um, ah, oh, what's the what's the famous guy who hosted a bunch of shows in like the '60s and the '70s? Um, it's a name when you say it. I'm gonna have heard of it, right? I think so, but I think yeah. from Wheel of Fortune, I don't know what. I mean, it's possibly the other stuff. I only know him from Wheel of Fortune. Uh, okay, well, what's his name? Chuck Woolery. Yes, Chuck Woolery. Yeah, blonde hair. Okay. Um, a few other things. I before we go on to the next episode, um, do we want to just dig a little bit more just to the end? Because um, I thought the end was really was really fascinating the way they did that. Um, but I guess you weren't as uh, taken by this whole thing, so you probably didn't. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, the it just the part that I had an issue with was the fact, as I said before, like he's doing it on the TV show. And so, like, the whole idea of him being afraid to do it, like, but he's not because the guy is going to see it. Right. He well, just, that's that's still he didn't tell avoiding. To yeah, right. That's still avoiding confrontation. Yeah. But but also, as you said before, like this actual reaction that fake court gives is like just not in the realm of like it's not in like the twenty five seventy five. It's like a 99.9999th percentile possible response. It's an insane reaction. Yes, yes. I agree. And, and also, even if he gives that reaction, all right, Nathan Fielder walks away and never sees this guy again. Like, you know, who cares? Right. He knows right. that it's he knows that certain people who have been like the subjects of his TV shows are yeah. not all enamored with him. I, I'm sure, but I think that he would still feel like a bit of a jerk if he went through this whole thing to help a guy and, and ended up like ruining the whole thing for the guy. If the guy really did feel that way. But, I think he wants I mean, the person to feel satisfied. If we're going into the life of like real life, Nathan Fielder, Nathan Fielder knows that he's not helping these people that he's sort of, you know, making fun of them. Like he's doing it in a lighthearted way. And I think know. he's doing a little bit of both. And in a way, I think that's kind of what this show is getting at a bit is the call like fake it till you make it like things that you're doing not for the right reasons like if you're doing right like sometimes just by doing things and like that's i guess the concept of the rehearsal right is like by like just like repetition and like you know part of life is performance and you know just like doing things over and over again to develop habits and like doing things the right way i mean like there is like science behind that sort of stuff it's like not completely ridiculous and, you know, to make a, a show that's like trying to do that in the same time is like, you know, pulling the lens a little bit behind and saying is like, you know, is that what we're doing here? And like, you know, to what extent are we manipulating the people? To what extent are we manipulating the audience? Like, I think like the way they filmed the last scene is definitely 
a wink at that of him saying like, yeah, like these are conversations I'm having with people. Core, for example, where like I have like so much control over the power dynamic, both because like I'm manipulating him and B, because like I have like final cut on what's in the show. And like he's acknowledging that to us at the end. And I think that's part of what makes it interesting. Yeah. The big question is, you know, as we've said repeatedly, where does it go from here? Right. Yep. And um, I guess we'll see. Um, have I, I think I may have even discussed this with you once on either on this podcast or elsewhere. But have you ever seen the Darren Brooks special, The Push? Mm, remind me what that is. Well, I, I, I don't want to give away too much, but it's like basically a thing where he simulates. Um, he just if you haven't seen it, I don't want to. I know you've you mentioned it, it before, but I haven't. Okay. Seen it. So if we're, you know, if we're continuing with this, I would suggest that we both watch the push for next week as well and talk about that because I think it's very relevant. Um, I think what was that 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 show and that for you, those who want to watch the push, where can they watch? It's it? on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Is, it, is it a show? Is it a movie? What is it? It is a special. It's uh, like an hour. It? It's like an hour. Okay. Um, he's in the hall, like mentalist, hypnotist, that world. But it's it's a there's a lot of things in this episode of TV that reminded me of the push. Editor's note: At this point, Alex, which is me, I suddenly remember that I have seen this, the push on Netflix, and then I immediately spoil it. So if you don't want to be spoiled by the push, fast forward 15 seconds in your podcast. Oh, is this people. the thing about, pu- about, about pushing the person off, off the, the roof? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw it. Didn't I do a okay. podcast about it with, with, uh, with Akiva? Did you? I'm pretty sure I did. Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah the, guy, the, the fake guy that dies and they hide. Yeah, sorry. Okay, well, I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I don't want to like. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this whole thing. Yeah. Okay. I did. I don't know where we discussed it. All right, we'll, we'll put a spoiler alert in here. Nine forty-six. <laughs> Alex spoils the push. <laughs> um. Yeah, lots of people are, for obvious reasons, uh, referencing Synecdoche, New York, and discussing this. It's a, it, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's very much no, because I, I didn't like. Um, what was the previous one? That he made. There's a lot. Um, he made um, the with Jim Carrey and. Well, I didn't uh, like Eternal Sunshine either. Eternal Sunshine, but, but the one fine. he made in 2003, I, I didn't like. Um, the one takes place in Florida. Nicholas Cage adaptation. adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So if you don't like any of those, you're probably not going to like this. This is now, much, now, much crazier say, and weirder. When I say and I didn't like it, opinion. I didn't like it in 2003. Right. It's you know it's possible I could watch it two decades later I'd be of a different opinion I don't know yeah but. I th- I think those are both really good movies uh, Synecdoche New York has like some a lot of genius in it but it's like very hard to you know access at, at all um, I like some of his other movies better um, there is a an Albert Brooks movie from 1979 called Real Life that Alan Seppenwall says is one of several clear inspirations for the rehearsal uh, so you got a, gr- a good curb connection there yeah you know i i thought there was you know a good amount here and there's what to talk about um i guess it remains to be seen whether or not we're going to go forward with this so did you want to you know like like take a peek ahead at episode two and then uh kind of see where you're at Uh, sure we could i mean i also or should we save that for the end after well i just think i mean do the listeners want to hear like another half hour of me being a whiny little bitch like (laughs) like, I, i don't you know some of them might uh, perhaps. I mean, okay, fine. We, so we, we can uh, keep it going for one more week. 
It's up to you. It's up to yeah. you. Unless you, you want to just you want to end it. You want to propose something else to do next week. We can I mean, but I don't want to be the turd in the punch bowl because I feel like. Well, you're going to be the turd in the punch bowl. If you don't like it, we're not going to podcast about it because it's well, not going to be fun. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Um, so, but it's your yeah. podcast. So you're allowed to be the turd in the punch bowl and, you know, say, yeah. I don't want to podcast. Well, well, a show well, they don't like. well, why don't we at least let's go through like all, all, we're sorting all, all our same categories from Curb, right? Well, yeah, of course. Okay. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right. Well, uh, uh, what's your rating for this episode? Um, as I said, I thought this was a really great episode of TV. Uh, I have concerns about where it goes from here, but you know, that's, uh, next week's problem if, or no, or never problem. We might not even be doing it next week or ever again. So, you know, if anything, that should increase my rating here because, you know, if I really don't care about the future of the show, um, it shouldn't be an issue at all, but I'll, I'll still give it, stick with my original rating, uh, which is, I say that, uh, orange, uh, orange juice, no pulp is pretty, 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 pretty good four pretties now that's as an episode of the rehearsal yeah i mean if i'm comparing it to curb i think i, I think i'd have to give it like a lower but i'll give it um i'll say two and a half pretties for me um you know and i know i know people really liked it and, and i'm not trying to like diminish that at all even though you're not listening if you are listening to this it sounds like i am like i, I appreciate people fighting that people said this was perfect and this was amazing and like I'm not trying to convince them otherwise. I'm just I'm just almost apologetically saying like it, it wasn't for me. So I don't think you need to apologize for that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like when you're excited about something, it's always <laughs> shitty when somebody like next yeah. door is like, yeah, not so good. Yeah, that's yes, that's true. It's yeah. it's it's more fun to, you know, if if you if you both like something, I mean, there's always fun if there's like, you know, disagreements. But yeah, you don't want it to be something where you're excited about and the other person is just like, meh. I, I, I do wonder how much of it was like sort of the pressure of I have to podcast about this. And if I was just sort of watching it like in a complete vacuum, I, I wonder about that. But, um, you know, there's no way to, uh, okay. uh, to, you know, go through that hypothetical the other way. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Who is your come with guy? Uh, my come with guy is a come with gal. It is uh, Gigi Bergdorf as fake Trisha. Uh, <laughs> she, she is brought, good. She's very yeah, good. She was phenomenal. I mean, like the way she like conned her on that, you know, fake meeting was great. Uh, the energy she brings to Trisha, uh, just like, you know, the motor mouth won't stop talking, won't let Cora get a word in. Uh, she really like just like plays it to perfection and like is probably the most helpful um, in terms of like helping him anticipate how she might react. Like Nathan is useless. Um, fake Trisha is actually pretty good. Yeah, she she does a very good job. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather hang out with a uh, big Trisha than real Trisha. My, my come with guy, uh, I referenced him before, uh, Roy James Wilson, who plays the fake police officer who curses the Chinese for inventing <laughs> gunpowder. Right. Now, I did click on Roy James Wilson's name on Wikipedia, um, excuse me, on IMDb, but I'm doing this right now. So this was not ahead of time. Do uh-huh. you know that he was also on Curb? Oh, no. Who was he? On the therapist's episode of Curb, he played a prison guard. Uncredited. Uh-huh. There you go. He's typecast. Yeah, well, uh, typecast. Hold on. Should I continue reading his uh, his other? Uh, <laughs> here's here's the roles he played: detective, bank security guard, uh-huh. cop, uh-huh. FBI agent, SWAT team, jumper scene cop, security guard, Sergeant Rossetti, Horace's bodyguard, well. <laughs> detective number two, city jail cop, security guard with security guy with dog, fire chief Tom Old Dog, uh, Ben. Just Ben, yeah. uh, correction officer Jim, nice Theo Jim, and then um head officer, and then uh, police officer here. So, oh, yes. Well, I uh, I unambiguously support all of his acting credits. <laughs> uh, so I want to re-go and watch uh, the rehearsal to see if we can catch him there. Excuse me, um, uh, the the curb episode, the therapists. All right, go for it. Yeah, report back. Um, yeah, okay, so we, we, we got a curb reference in here, so that works perfectly. We're still a curb podcast, technically speaking. That's right. One more yeah. week.
Um, who's the fucking asshole? I mean, fucking asshole is me, core. obviously. Yeah, no, you're a fucking asshole on the podcast. The fucking yeah. asshole of the episode is Core. Um, does this whole thing, but he's just like too obsessed with trivia for his own good. Mm-hmm. He he like hates Trisha way too much that like he thinks that she's gonna be a bitch about this, but like she would have to be like an in, like a completely insane psychopath to react in like anything more than like oh. That's disappointing that you lied, but like, whatever. Yeah. Like, th- this shouldn't even be My a whole thing. academic background is a lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And it's like, he's like, he basically threatens to quit in the middle if it's not going well. Like, these guys, um, yeah. So, yeah, he's the fucking asshole. Um, yeah. So, uh, as you said, I'm the fucking asshole of the podcast. Uh, for the show, it's Nathan Fielder. I'm just, you know, <laughs> that's fair. I'm uncomfortable. Um, what, else? what else? I guess it's time for us to go to the postman. Yeah, I mean, I guess the cam- the only cameo is Nathan Fielder as himself, right? Um, yeah, and in every episode, presumably. Obviously not in the Ted Dancing Club. Um, is he in the... Re- I, I don't know. It's very hard to gauge these days he's how more, big well, some of this. Yeah, I don't know, because we're in a more silent environment, but certainly right. in our circle... He's so it's like everyone famous. you know knows who Nathan Fielder yeah. is, but like that's 300 people. Yeah, but he's more famous than Richard Lewis ever was I think in my I, circle. Or my, I feel, oh, my for circle. sure. Yes, Among for sure. our parents? Right, for sure. Um, I mean, no. I mean, my parents would obviously not know either Richard Lewis or Nathan Fielder. As well, you're, you're, your dad, we've heard. Yeah, we've heard. <laughs> yes. yeah. Right. My mom. My mom was much worse than my dad. We didn't even air that because it was just it wasn't good radio or podcasting. Yeah. Let's put yeah. it like that. Someone not knowing the, the answer to anything is not good. You know. You know. To be for my mom, you'd ask her, "Is this the thing you waste your time on? Is this what you should be wasting your time on? Do you think this is what you should be doing with your life?" That that would be my mom's answer. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to the postman then. Let's do it. Postman! Postman, come here! Tell the neighborhood! What a Shonda, Larry! Larry David! You're a lousy Jew! But you're a lousy human being! He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair! Shonda! Maybe you should have given me some candy! You're a lousy Jew! First up, we have an email from Michael Beveridge, uh, who this might be his first time writing in. Um, if not, it's been a while at the very least. Um, he says, the come with guy. Welcome slash welcome back. Yeah. Slash good riddance, perhaps, because we might not be ending this uh, podcast. No. Um, <laughs> come with guy is Korski. He goes along with Nathan's plan, a loyal and ethical guy who'd want, who you want on your trivia team. Honorable mention to the elderly man who jumped into the pool for bring a bow and bro and helping Nathan keep his privacy. The fucking <laughs> asshole is the Chinese person who invented gunpowder. Yeah. Uh, curse that guy. Um, thoughts slash rambling slash rating. I wasn't laughing as much as I would for a Nathan for you episode, but I was more enthralled and more invested in the outcome. Two of the elements of Nathan for you. I always appreciated was one, no matter how horrible the other person was, i.e. cutting in line, buying and dropping off burner phones. Nathan was always presented as a bad guy. And two, no matter what the other person said or did, ghosts in Switzerland, grandsons P hating Bible number five, they were always presented as rootable and sympathetic. Nathan has tapped into number two here and created a show where we're rooting for his clients slash victims to succeed. I'm curious to see where Nathan's inability to confess goes as the season progresses. Will he be presented as sympathetic, a man who helps others unable to help himself, or will come across as hypocritical with Nathan once again being the bad guy? I give this four out of five pretties the same fraction as the number of kids who died in the factory. Um, have you ever seen that um, internet cartoon of the Oompa Loompas on the job interview? 
Uh, I don't think so. Oh, it's not even a cartoon. I think it's just like a Twitter thing. I don't know. But the point is, it's like uh, like job Luba for job interview for Oompa Loompas. So he's like, any questions? And the Oompa Loompas like, so whenever a kid dies, we come out and sing the song. <laughs> yeah. As far as we can tell, that's the job. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. They really hate kids. Obnoxious um, kids. Yes. Uh, all right. Jim Crumley says the rehearsal has an interesting start. Having never seen Nathan for you, I was unsure what I was getting into. The episode left me with a lot of questions about what was real and what was fake on several levels. Four pretties out of five. Come with guy is Trisha. She went along with Cora for the partner's trivia, and despite all of the buildup, she was supportive when he came clean about not having a master's. Fucking asshole is fake Core. Interesting. So I have as my come with guy fake <laughs> yeah. Trisha and my asshole Core. He Jim has as his come with gal Trisha as his fucking asshole fake Core. So we're you know either very close to each other or very far. It's hard to even say. Um, he just had to push it too far and scare Nathan away from coming clean with Core about cheating on trivia. That's interesting that maybe if he had, you know, given a more modicum response, Nathan would have said, okay, that wasn't so bad. Let me tell the real core. And then instead he doesn't because he scares him off. That's an interesting take. I like that, Jim. Mm. I just I like the fact that he's coming in as somebody who didn't watch Nathan for you. Yeah. No, that's an interesting perspective also, right? Yeah. yeah, I for me, like that the character from that show is very much a part of who I think I'm watching here. It's like impossible to separate. Yeah. It's a continuation. I, I don't. I don't even understand the difference of the show. It's just on a different network. Yeah, um, much higher budget. Uh, Comedy Central versus HBO. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, we've created. We've created our own Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> we've bought the Starbucks Corporation, so you yes. can do your shtick. <laughs> uh, it is now a wholly owned subsidiary of HBO. Um, Zach Brooks ends off our postman saying. Nathan's dry humor is so funny, and this show just went quite off the rails. A good companion to Nathan for you. Sometimes when I watch this, I wonder how much the target understands what's really going on, especially when Nathan has gotten famous for doing similar pranks to businesses on the other show. But I could not stop laughing at the trivia hints walk. Yes. There are tons of little moments that crack me up, like Nathan's laptop neckband or the skeet shooting with blanks, references to at least two Renap movies, Willy Wonka and Speed. Yes. Very true. Pretty funny, but it felt like it dragged on a bit by the end. Four pretties, but it's hard to really rate this so soon. Come with guy is Trish the Dish. She's so accepting. Fucking asshole is the Chinese for inventing gunpowder. Mm, yes. Uh, so everybody gave a four, four pretties. Is that correct? Um, everybody except for you. Um, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I will say, you know, in uh, your defense, or I guess, you know, contra to the rating, this feels like the type of thing where it's a little bit self-selective that people writing in are probably going to be the people that liked it. Yeah, but people who are listening are going to be also, which is why I feel like I'm disappointing them. Um, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess now we have to talk about uh, next week. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> and what are we doing next week? Yeah. So should we um, should we look at the trailer that you, you said you had? It, it was just the continue. It was like, you know, the continuation on HBO Max. Uh, you want oh, me to pull okay. that up? If you can. Yeah, let's try. Okay. Let's, let's, let's check it out. I know it has to do something with like helping a woman prepare for being a parent or something like that. All right. So at the end of Orange Juice No Pulp, we have a uh, slight sneak oh, preview. Very short. Yeah. Of next week's episode. Yeah. Just a few seconds. I like to pray about things. Oh, okay. 
Jesus Christ was crucified at 33. Oh, okay. Infant skulls absorb radiation. Oh, okay. This is not my baby. Okay. <laughs> Right, now, well, that, didn't really, that wasn't really very informative. Yeah, but did the music remind you of another HBO show, perhaps? Was it like Succession? Yeah, I thought that was very Succession-y, that, yeah. uh, the, the music there. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and, and also a very classic, uh, yes, a trailer for next week that tells you absolutely nothing about next week, except that somebody's baby is getting swapped. So. Yeah, I, I think it's preparing a woman for who is pregnant for you know being a mom. I think that's what I read. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely getting a slightly more serious than episode one. Uh, it's so it seems. Um, so yeah, Although so it would hard to be less serious. So where does that leave us? You know, I, I you know we can we can do this again. We can run it back next week. You want to do it live? Fuck it, we'll do it live. If people send us messages and say, "Hey, listen, you know, uh, uh, Chester's a downer. I don't want to listen to this podcast." To, you know, <laughs> that that's that's completely fair and reasonable thing, and I won't be offended by that. So let us know that. If that means that you'd rather us talk about something that I'm not going to be such a, a you know a negative fancy about, but um, yeah, yeah. We, we we can we can we can uh, run it back one more time and see what happens. Okay, so what, double or, or nothing, as they say, or you know, even so much as you know, you'll watch this Saturday night, and even after that, you're just like, I don't even want to talk about it. Like that's fine, and we'll figure something out. Uh, but you know, we shouldn't podcast about a show that sure. But as of now, fifty percent of the guests are not in, or the hosts are not. We're both going to watch this episode, uh, yeah. episode two, which uh, you know will will be on uh, at eleven p.m. Eastern time in uh, on Friday, uh, July twenty second, which I think is tomorrow from when people are hopefully uh, getting this podcast. And uh, we'll definitely watch it. And yeah, we'll, we'll intend to podcast about it probably next Tuesday or so, like the 26th. But, um, you know, we'll uh, we'll touch base before that if anything changes. Sounds good. Uh, this has been uh, season one, episode one of the Rehearsal Podcast. Mm, one of our shortest episodes. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's not much to talk about this show. Yeah. Well, hopefully next week we'll be better. Uh, it would be great if it would be pretty, pretty, pretty good. But yeah, <laughs> we're, we're dropping that though. Yeah. What do you think that this was a the <laughs> rehearsal? I don't even know yet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation If you want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it Hurry up, Violet! This way, Grandpa! No life I know to compare with pure imagination Living there you'll be free If you truly wish to be
want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it I know to compare with your imagination living there you'll be free if you Juice.